0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us.
1: There are many opportunities in life to experience problems. In many ways, life can be described as a collection of problems that we simply have to solve in order to get through our life experience. And I believe that a mature individual is someone who has found healthy, reasonable ways of handling the problems that they are faced with, so that they can go through life in a way that can be described as constructive, and that if a person is unable to deal with the problems that they are faced with, then I would describe that individual as being somewhat immature. I believe that that's a reasonable definition of an individual who is failing to deal with their problems in a healthy, constructive way. But there are many different ways that people do deal with their problems, try to solve their problems. For example, one way to deal with problems is to get drunk. That, that's one way to deal with it. I personally believe that this fits in the immature category. A person can just simply drink a bunch of alcohol, and alter their brain, alter their mind in some chemical way so that they don't care about their problems anymore, they forget about their problems. This is one way that people deal with the problems of life. This is a very popular problem-solving technique. Now, when a person does that, of course, there will probably be some consequences to this decision. There will be something called a side effect. There will probably be side effects, things like, a hangover. You might have a headache, you might have nausea, you might experience a significant amount of depression, things like that. These are natural consequences of the brain trying to recover from the chemistry that a person utilized in order to cope with the issues that they were struggling with. This is one popular way of dealing with problems. Sometimes people get a little bit more aggressive and they'll try some hardcore drug like heroin, for example. And I'll pick on that one for just a minute just because I believe that the vast majority of people who will hear this message would agree with me that heroin is probably not a good problem-solving technique, that it's not really a good idea to inject yourself with heroin in order to deal with the problems that you're faced with in life, that is probably not a good idea. I mean, if, if you consider looking into the side effects of heroin, which I believe you should do, I believe it's very important to look into these things and find out what are the side effects of putting certain chemicals into your body, either by drinking these chemicals or injecting yourself with these chemicals, whatever you decide to do, however this is done, that you should really have a really good idea of what the consequences, the the side effects will be for making these decisions. Now, I've done this. I've looked into the side effects of heroin. And there are some serious psychological and physical consequences Of injecting yourself with heroin and in addition to that what happens if you don't do it a few hours later or a few days later what's going to happen then well then there's going to be something called a withdrawal symptom and you should definitely look into you should take the time and not be lazy but you should really put some effort into finding out what are the withdrawal symptoms of injecting yourself with heroin if you're going to decide to do this. What are the withdrawal symptoms? And the withdrawal symptoms are definitely available. It doesn't take a lot of effort to find out what these things are. And they are very, very serious, serious psychological and physical consequences, side effects that will result from not continuing to inject yourself With heroin. But you know, when it comes to things like this, like alcohol and heroin and other drugs, when it comes to things like this, when people decide to solve their problems by consuming these drugs, when people decide to do that, and then they experience withdrawal symptoms by trying to get off of these things, do we look at these individuals and say, oh, now this proves, this is proof and this is clear scientific evidence to show that you need more alcohol or you need more heroin because you're experiencing these withdrawal symptoms. Now, of course, we don't say that because that would be inappropriate. I personally would like to use the word absurd to say that this individual has a lack of heroin in their system, that 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 is the real problem that they're faced with, that if they're experiencing these serious withdrawal symptoms, these serious physical and psychological problems, that the reason why is because they need to take more heroin or they need to drink more alcohol. Now, doesn't that sound a little ridiculous? Doesn't that sound like a really immature way of looking at that situation? Doesn't that sound a little irrational? It's my personal opinion that that is irrational, immature, that that is a very inappropriate way to look at an individual who first decided to solve their problems by using these drugs and then experience not only the side effects, but if they dare try to get off these things, they're going to experience withdrawal symptoms and we make the claim We make the claim, or we make the statement, or we take the position that you see these side effects that they are having shows that they really need this stuff, or these withdrawal symptoms show that they really need this stuff, they should be having these things. No, we don't say that. Instead, we look at it differently. If someone is addicted to heroin, which is the right word to use in this case, if they're addicted to heroin, in most cases, people try to think of ways of helping this individual get off of this stuff survive this stuff, stop injecting themselves with this stuff, because this is extremely destructive, destructive to these individuals. But what happens if we have an individual who says, oh, no, no, in fact, I think we should do everything possible to make sure that this person gets all the heroin that they need. And if anybody says otherwise, we are going to call these people evil, Now, what would we call that kind of an individual? I would say that that kind of an individual is exhibiting some violent behavior, a violent attitude. This, to me, is an act of violence to suggest that someone needs to inject themselves with heroin because they are experiencing the side effects of heroin or because they are experiencing withdrawal symptoms. Now, I can understand the necessity To help someone withdraw gradually, I can understand that. But that is not the attitude that a lot of people take. Believe it or not, there are people who really do have this attitude that, you know, because you're having these psychological or emotional problems in your life, because you're having difficulty dealing with the issues of life that you're confronted with, I think that you need to be injected with heroin. There are people who have this kind of attitude, and you might find this surprising, and I will explain to you in just a moment exactly what I mean by that, so bear with me. There are people who have this violent attitude, violent attitude, that they would be willing to do this to another person for whatever reason, either because they have some good intentions in mind or because they don't want to have to deal with this person and their problems. And if a person tries to get off of this stuff, they will be violent still by continuing to make sure that they cannot find a way to get off of this stuff. Now, of course, I'm using this as an example to talk about something else. But there are people, we call them drug pushers and things like that. There are people who we call criminals who are violent towards other people by getting them addicted to things like this. And, of course, then these people become dependent on them to do all kinds of horrible things. But this is a very important example to understand because now I'm going to tell you that this does happen in other ways. This happens in the world of something called antidepressants. It does. This is the same model, the exact same model. Now, I have spent many years looking into antidepressants, these medications, these drugs that people take in order to alter their brain so that they don't have to cope with the problems or deal with the problems that they're faced with in life. I've spent a lot of time looking into these things, and I have found that the withdrawal symptoms are, in my opinion, frightening. The withdrawal symptoms of an individual trying to stop taking antidepressants are, in my opinion, horrible. I believe you should look into this. I believe that you should look into the withdrawal symptoms that people experience when they stop taking antidepressants, and this information is very much available, and I believe that if a person is going to stop taking these things, I believe that the evidence shows that they are going to need some serious help, some serious medical supervision, if they decide not to take these drugs anymore. I have looked into the withdrawal symptoms and they are scary. And if you don't know what they are, I'm not going to tell you what they are. You should be mature enough and responsible enough as an individual, even though you may not be taking these at all or you may not know anybody who's taking these at all. It's a very important part of our society. And I believe that you should be mature and responsible and find out what are the withdrawal symptoms of an individual trying to get off of these things. I'll tell you one withdrawal symptom, depression. Now, doesn't that sound a little odd to you? It sounds a little odd to me that if a person is taking antidepressants so that they're not depressed, if they stop taking these antidepressants, then they are going to have a chemically induced a physiologically induced depression. And so how could they ever get off of these things? I mean, imagine the amount of depression that an individual can experience as a well-defined withdrawal symptom of getting off of antidepressants. I mean, it's like a catch-22. You either stay on these things so that you don't experience the withdrawal symptoms, or you're going to try to stop taking these things, and then you're going to experience these withdrawal symptoms that would cause you to take these drugs again anyway. This is a serious problem, and I believe that if somebody wants to try to stop taking these things, that they need some serious medical supervision of some kind. But consider this, please, and that is that the withdrawal symptoms are very serious, And, you know, as I examine the withdrawal symptoms between something like heroin and antidepressants, I find some interesting similarities. And I think that if you were to look into it, if you were to take the time to examine that, you probably would see that there are some very interesting similarities also. Now, of course, it's not just that. There's also the side effects, the side effects of people taking these kinds of medications. Serious physiological and psychological problems, many of which can be permanent in the sense that there is nothing that you will ever be able to do to recover from taking one pill. You don't necessarily have to take a lot. The consequences can be extremely severe. And it is the responsibility, from what I understand, according to the information that I've looked at, from what I understand, it's the responsibility of the person who's going to consume these things to look into the withdrawal symptoms, to look into the side effects. That is not necessarily the responsibility of the person who's prescribing them or giving these drugs to somebody else. That's not necessarily the case. And so I believe, I really believe, that it is important For you and anyone else you may know to be educated, to be informed of the facts concerning side effects and withdrawal symptoms and all that stuff associated with it before you subject yourselves to these things. Because if you don't, then the consequences can be catastrophic. Now, I've brought this up with a lot of people over the years, and I have found that people have a lot of different reactions to what I believe concerning this. One thing that I have definitely noticed is that there are people who are violent people, without question, in my mind. Obviously, not everyone is like this, but I know a lot of people who would prefer to harm other people. They really do want to drug other people in their lives because they don't want to have to deal with the problems that these other people have. I personally believe that that is an attitude of violence. When I look at the side effects and the withdrawal symptoms and what these things will do to people, to me, it's my personal opinion that this fits in the category of violence. I really do believe that. Now, I have not found very many medical professionals who have that kind of an attitude, From what I personally have found, the medical professionals who try to push these drugs are mainly interested in the money. There is a monetary motivation concerning that. There is a huge amount of money in this business. And in my opinion, from what I have found by having conversations with various professionals who are very much involved in this subject area, as far as I can tell, it's really just the money for them. But when it comes to other people... There are other issues, and one of them is definitely violence. To push these things on other people, either by endorsing someone consuming them, or by encouraging someone to consume them, it's my opinion that that is an act of violence in many cases, obviously not all cases, but in many cases that people are doing that to other people because They don't want to have to deal with the issues that these people have, either their co-workers or their family members, things like that. And I personally believe that this needs to be mentioned, that there are people like this. And I don't think that it's a constructive way for people to have relationships with each other. I really don't. Now, there are other people who are very well-meaning. They really want to help people. I, I know people like this. And they encourage people to take these kinds of things in order to deal with the problems that they are coping with in their lives. And they are very well-meaning people. But unfortunately, what I have found with very few exceptions, they're just simply misinformed. And for the most part, I think that they are intentionally not looking at the real facts They are intentionally avoiding the facts and they're using well-meaning attitudes in order to justify this. So I wouldn't quite put them in the category of being violent necessarily. But I do believe that they are still responsible because they should be mature enough to look into it. But that, of course, would be another discussion. Now, I personally have looked into this subject, as I explained earlier. I personally have looked into the subject and I do have some qualifications when it comes to research. I have a Ph.D., ABD, in computer science. I have done extensive cancer research to a cellular and genetic level. I've done research in quantum chemistry, computational biology, bioinformatics. I know what it is to read research papers, very complex research papers, to understand them and apply that research in a practical way. And so I do have some credentials concerning research But I can tell you with great confidence, as I have explored the research concerning antidepressants, as I have explored the research there, that there is nothing complex about this research. In my opinion, you don't need any qualifications to look into the research. And of course, there is a difference between the research and the marketing information. And you have to distinguish between the two. There is a big difference between the two. And the research is very easy to go through. It is not complex in my opinion. Anybody can do it. And if you have any interest in this subject at all, either for or against, and you don't take the time to look into it, I'm concerned and I believe that that is being irresponsible considering the withdrawal symptoms, the side effects, the physiological and psychological consequences. I mean, be real people, be serious. Do you really take this subject seriously? If you do, then read the research. It's very much available and you don't need serious qualifications in order to understand this stuff. When it comes to the marketing information, though, you know, in some cases you do need some qualifications. You need an attorney to understand the words that are selected in order to ensure that these drug companies can protect themselves from lawsuits and stuff like that, in that case, in order to really see through the marketing data and the advertising that is put out there, yeah, in some cases you do perhaps need some qualifications or you need the help of somebody who does have some legal qualifications in order to understand exactly what you're being exposed to or, more correctly, what people are selling you. But the regular research is pretty simple. And the conclusion of that, in my opinion, is also very simple. From what I personally have found, this is my personal opinion concerning the research that I have examined. And that is that there is absolutely no scientific evidence whatsoever. There is absolutely none to suggest that any of these antidepressants that people are advertising do what the marketing information claims, I have yet to find any scientific evidence whatsoever that shows that depression is the result of some chemical imbalance of some kind, that there is any psychological problem whatsoever that is caused by a serotonin or chemical imbalance in the brain. I have not found, and I have looked, I have really put some time into it, and I suspect that you probably have too, haven't you? Well, if you haven't, then you should seriously consider doing that and not just listen to what I have to say concerning it, if you haven't looked into it yourself, and you have a position of any kind concerning this, concerning this subject, you look into it. You take the time to examine it. You really should do that. But for myself, I've looked into it, and from what I can tell, as someone who has extensive experience in studying things like this, that there is absolutely no evidence to support what people are believing and what people are doing at all. There just isn't. From what I can tell, there's only two things that really support the use of antidepressants for people to deal with their personal problems in life. The first thing is a person's desire to drug someone so they don't have to deal with these people. That's definitely a big one. Obviously, not in all cases. And the other factor is definitely monetary. It's definitely motivated by money. So, I believe that this is a very important subject because of the physiological and psychological consequences that occur. But, of course, the work that I am doing right now is biblical. The work that I'm doing right now is related to the gospel, our understanding of the living God. And so, why would I bring up a subject like this? Well, the reason why I am bringing up this subject is because... This is a barrier that a lot of people experience when it comes to growing in their relationship with their God. This is a very serious barrier. You know, a lot of the teachings that I have done have had to do with theological barriers that people have experienced when they have been exposed to various denominations or churches or belief systems or whatever. I deal with those theological barriers and take those barriers away. And when people see those barriers taken away then they have an opportunity to begin a relationship with their God in a way that they never experienced before. And positive results do occur from that. Well, this is a barrier, too. It really is. I have found this to be a very significant barrier in a lot of people's lives. People who I've personally had strong relationships with and other people who I've not had significant relationships with, but I've watched them nonetheless, and I have found that the beliefs that people have concerning these drugs, concerning these problem-solving techniques, the beliefs that people have concerning the physiology of a person's brain and the way that we respond to the problems that we are faced with in life, our coping mechanisms and our decisions and how we deal with these things, these are significant, and they do. They do have spiritual consequences because what people believe Concerning these things, prevent them from believing the truths that the Lord has for them that will set them free. Now, you know, when it comes to the psychological and the psychiatric community of which I am very familiar with, I've spent a lot of time with what I refer to as psychos for short. When I refer to psychologists and psychiatrists, I usually just make it easy and use that phrase. When I deal with psychos, I have found that it is very unusual to find one who really has any alternative who really knows how to solve personal problems. I've just found that to be the case. I've talked with a lot of them, and you know, one of the popular questions I like to ask is, why did you get into this field? Why did you decide to become a psychologist or a psychiatrist? And you should do this. You should really ask these kinds of questions of people. What motivated you to get into this kind of stuff and become a professional like this? And, you know, a very popular answer, not always, but a very popular answer is, well, I had all these personal issues, all these personal problems, and so I got into this field to perhaps deal with my own problems, and then I would be able to help others deal with similar problems. And that's a very noble answer, a good answer. I can certainly appreciate it. But have they had any success? It's very unusual. I have found it's very unusual to find any of them who have any success. And so in most cases, People have no alternative but to turn to these drugs and deal with the consequences and the side effects and the withdrawal symptoms and all those things because they have nothing else. But folks, I have something else. I really do. I have the living God. I have the gospel. I have the truth of the living God. And I have seen the effect of that in comparison to these medications. And because of that, I have conviction. I have an attitude that some people may call arrogant or whatever. But I have an attitude and I have conviction concerning this. I really do believe that Jesus is the answer. I really do. Now, unfortunately, I have found that these medications can be a serious obstacle, a serious obstacle to the truth of the gospel and the truth of God. And so I don't believe that a person should just say, well, I'm just going to turn to Jesus and that's going to be my way out. I mean, I can say, and I can say very sincerely, God help you in trying to get off of these things. But you definitely need some medical help in order to do so. And when you do survive, if you do survive these medications, then it's my opinion that you will have an opportunity for a new beginning. But my goodness, the withdrawal symptoms, the side effects, all of that are going to be tough to get through. But if you do, then you can listen to the next program, which is where I'm going to pick up. And that has to do with the subject of How do we really face the problems of life? And how can the Lord Jesus really be applicable in our life experience? And I will continue in the next broadcast.
0: You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free livinggodministries.net That is, livinggodministries.net